0: Welcome to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Mauli Chikata, lead pastor at Grace Center. For more information about this message and our church, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244-010868. This morning, I want to look at the scripture in Hebrews chapter 2. We'll look at four verses, Hebrews chapter 2 from the verse 1. And I read, it says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and obedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which has first begun to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to teach on the glorious salvation, or so great a salvation. In these four verses, we see the writer exposing to his hearers or to his readers about the greatness of our salvation and why we need to be to be careful to hold on to our salvation and, and, and the ways in which we can go about this. And we see that he's, he begins by saying, Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away." And I've told us that any time you see therefore, it's basic English. When you see therefore, it means that he's there's something that has been said before then. It's a continuation of something that has been said before. So he's continuing from where he ended with the angels. And he's, he told us in the previous chapter that Christ is superior to angels. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. He's trying to tell us that if we don't give heed to what Christ proclaims to us, we will drift away. And he says, For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we so neglect a great salvation? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness with both signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So here what he's trying to tell us is that we have received a great salvation and this great salvation comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. It it did not come through angels. He tells us the consequence of what came through the angels, um, was about. And he's telling us that we cannot escape and we cannot neglect the great salvation that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning, like I said, I'm sharing with us on so great a salvation. We'll, We'll look at three elements of the believer's salvation. First, we'll look at the wonders of salvation. Second, we'll look at the warnings about salvation. And third, we'll look at the ways to keep salvation. And I believe that by the time we are done, you receive a word that will change your life and bring you to the place where you will not neglect the so great salvation that we have received in Christ Jesus. Amen. So let's begin by looking at the wonders of salvation. The wonders of our salvation. From the verse 3, he shows us how wonderful our salvation is. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God, bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. In these two verses, we see the writer talk about the wonders of our salvation, how wonderful our salvation is through Christ Jesus. Mind you, he's comparing what the angels brought And what Christ has brought. And he's telling us that in our salvation in Christ Jesus, it is a wonderful thing. And in these verses of scripture, we see him first begin by telling us that our salvation was spoken by the Lord. The first wonder of our salvation is that it was spoken by the Lord. He says, how shall we escape if we so if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. Our salvation was spoken by Jesus Christ. What makes our salvation wondrous is that it is God himself come into the world in the form of flesh. Moved as a man to proclaim the salvation to us. It is not somebody else who came to proclaim our salvation to us. It is not man that gave us that salvation that we have. This salvation that we have, it came from God himself. And that's the first wonder because Christ himself spoke about this salvation. He took it upon himself when he came on the face of the earth to go about preaching about this salvation that you and I have, you and I have come to believe and you and I have received, what makes, this one, what makes it wonderful is the fact that Christ himself spoke about our salvation. There are things that people have come to believe that were not spoken by Jesus Christ. And yet they are holding on to it. Things that Christ never spoke about. Things that Christ never said. Things that Christ does not stand for. That is what today many are believing in. Many are holding on to. But the salvation that we have, the scripture here tells us that it was spoken by the Lord. In other words, you can put your trust in it because you know that you know that it came from the Lord. Hallelujah. Or it comes from the Lord. You know, some people can go and misrepresent you. You can be sitting somewhere and somebody will go and say something you have not said. And when you hear it, you are like, what? I never said that. I didn't, it, it has never even crossed my mind. How can you say this about me? But you see, when it comes to our salvation, we can tell God and we can tell Christ that this is what you have said. And so we can believe it and we can trust you. Praise the Lord. It was spoken by the Lord. We can see this in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. The Bible says from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus went about and when he was preaching, he was preaching The kingdom of heaven. He was preaching a salvation to the people. He went about preaching about our salvation, telling the world that the kingdom of God, his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The salvation that we have. Christ spoke about it. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 3 verse 16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life, that is what Christ came to proclaim, he spoke about everlasting life, he spoke about our salvation, and so we have every every faith, We can trust in him. We we have every assurance that the salvation that we have, it is the sure foundation. It is the sure salvation. It is truth because God in Christ Jesus spoke to us about this salvation. Praise the Lord. And God is not a man that he should lie. It's not like our politicians who come and promise us one thing and do the other thing. Praise the Lord. But God you can trust. God you can trust. God is not a man that he should lie. The second point about the wonder of our salvation is that it was confirmed by those who heard him. He says in the verse 3, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. You see, when Jesus spoke, there was evidence of what he said. Those who heard him Came to confirm. The word to confirm means to establish that it is true. You know, when you hear something, they will say, Have you confirmed whether it is true or not? I remember those days in the newsroom, you hear something, they'll say, Oh, breaking news. This and this they say, Hey, have you confirmed whether it is the truth? You see, but the words of our salvation has been confirmed by those who heard him, those who were around when Jesus spoke. Truly confirmed that Jesus came preaching about this salvation to us. That is why it is a great salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. When somebody comes to you and says that an angel has appeared to me and has spoken something to me. How do you confirm it? How do you know whether it is true that an angel appeared? How do you know whether it is true that Jesus appeared? These days people will sleep and they wake up and they say Jesus appeared to them. I'm not saying Jesus has not appeared to you or Jesus cannot appear to you. But I cannot confirm whether what you are saying is true or not. But when it comes to that which Jesus proclaimed to us about our salvation, the apostle here is saying that it has been confirmed. It has been said to be true. It is said to be true by those who heard him. Those who heard Jesus preach about his kingdom, preach about salvation, confirm that indeed what he said is true. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 10 verse 39. Acts 10 39. He says, and we are witnesses of all things which he did, talking about Jesus, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they killed by hanging on a tree. God, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. This is Peter testifying that Jesus, we saw the things Jesus did. I can testify. I was a witness of what Jesus did. I am a witness of what Jesus, I saw what he did and even after he rose from the dead, he appeared to us and we even had a meal with him. Confirming the death, confirming the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the salvation we have is not salvation in space. It is a salvation confirmed by those who heard Jesus proclaim it. Can I hear loud? Amen. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 16 it says for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and we heard this voice which came from heaven When we were with him on the holy mountain. Hallelujah. Yeah, Peter writing says that we are not telling you stories. The the salvation we proclaim to you, it is not stories. He said we are not following after cunningly devised fables. It is not something to deceive you. It is no story, a story to deceive you. The, the salvation that we proclaim to you, there are no stories. We are witnesses. We are witnesses of His, of His Majesty. Not just witnesses, but eyewitnesses. We saw Him. It's like when a matter goes to court and they say, Where are your witnesses? Sometimes they call eyewitnesses. Who were those who were there when the thing happened? Who was there? When the accident happened, who are the eyewitnesses? Let us hear their account. Let us hear their side of the story. Praise the Lord. You can, you can say whatever you want, but when the eyewitness account corroborates one side, that side wins the case in court. And he says that we were not just witnesses, but we were also eyewitnesses. We saw him. We saw him. We saw the things he did. Praise the Lord. And he says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. When such a voice came from from the excellent glory that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. They were with him on the mountain on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they heard a voice. They said, all of us who were dead, we heard the voice from heaven that this is the Son of God. This is my beloved Son. And Christ, the Son of God, is God himself who came to proclaim salvation to all of us. Hallelujah. The next point about the wonder of the salvation we have is that it says that God himself bore witness, both with signs, wonders, and various miracles. Praise the Lord. He says that when we proclaim the salvation, God himself also confirms it with signs and wonders following. Our salvation comes with the miracles, with the power of God manifested. Child of God, the salvation we have in Christ Jesus is no joke. It's a salvation that God himself confirms with signs and wonders and miracles. In Mark Mark chapter 16 verse 20, Mark 16, 20, the Bible says, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Praise the Lord. They went about and they preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them. And the Lord confirmed the word they preached through accompanying signs. God did signs. God did miracles with their salvation. And some of you sitting here today, you can tell of the fact some signs that God has confirmed in your life since you became a Christian. Some signs that God has done in your life. Some miracles God has done in your life. Some wonders God has done in your life since you became a Christian to confirm to you the salvation. That he has brought in your life. God confirmed, bore witness of this salvation that we proclaim. The wonder of our salvation is that it comes with signs and wonders. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 19 verse 11. Acts nineteen eleven, It says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Verse 12. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sea. And the diseases left them and the evil spirit went out of them. The Bible says that God did mighty miracles, unusual miracles by the hands of the apostle Paul, that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirit went out of them. What a wonder, what a sign, what a miracle that somebody preaching the gospel, yet they brought handkerchiefs, aprons from him and they used to deliver people from their diseases, from evil spirits, praise the Lord. And this is one of the scriptures that people use and misinterpret wrongly to do all kinds of things. Watch this scripture carefully. It didn't say Paul asked them to bring handkerchiefs. It didn't say Paul asked them to bring aprons. It didn't say Paul asked them to bring anything. The Bible says that when he preached, God did it. It was God who decided to do it. It was not Paul who said, bring it. So we are not saying that bring handkerchiefs, we'll pray over it, then you we'll go and do miracles. No, that's not what this scripture says. Hello? <laughs> we are not saying, bring clothes. So I remember those days. People will say, we are doing uh, 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 tokens. And they'll say, bring things. That Paul never requested for it. It wasn't Paul who asked for it. It was was by God's own supernatural sovereignty deciding to work miracles through that. Praise the Lord. So we cannot form a doctrine out of it. What we can see out of it is that God can choose anything, can use anything to work a miracle in the life of somebody. Like a few weeks ago, somebody called me and the person was choking. The person was like, it was around 3 a.m. I was driving to to go and preach on radio. The person called me. This, this person is in Germany. person calls me. I was like, hey, I'm dying. I'm dying. There's nobody around me. I'm dying. This is a, a grown-up woman. I'm dying. Was, so, the first thing that came to mind was that this woman is choking. Let her find, just find some water and drink. You understand? It was just instinct. Let her find some water and drink. So, I said, do you have water around you? She said, no. I said, find water. And she went for the water. I said, okay, let me pray over the water for you. And I prayed over the water and she drank it. When she drank it, she went off the phone. She just went off the phone. And when she called back after like 10 minutes, said, pastor, you can't imagine the way I just vomited some things. And it's like everything is gone. I've just vomited. So does it mean that anytime somebody calls me that the person is panicking, I'll say, bring water. Let me pray over it for you. No. So I'll come. Holy water miracle. <laughs> come with all your sicknesses and diseases. The holy water will work. You see, it, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And for me, when somebody is panting or is is it, is a big um, hysteric. Is that the right word? There's a, and, and panicking like that. The first thing I advise is that just. Calm the person down. Give the person some water. Cool down and let the person talk. Praise the Lord. And he also says that our our salvation is wondrous because it is accompanied with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles, verse 4, and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So, our salvation comes with gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, we see the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit from 4 to 11. Let's read. He says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now watch this. The gifts is from the Spirit, the ministries are from the Lord, and the activities are from God. One day we'll go into it. But the manifestation, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given worth of wisdom through the Spirit, first gift. Another the use of word of knowledge through the same spirit. Another faith by the same spirit to another gift of healings by the same spirit. To another working of miracles to another prophecy. Another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these distributing to each individually as he wills. Praise the Lord. So he's telling us here that there are different gifts of the Spirit of God. But the gift of the Spirit of God is for the profit of all. Verse 7, by the manifestation, is given to each one for the profit of all. Whatever gift God gives us of his Spirit, it is to profit all of us. It is to serve all of us. So some have the gift of the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, Faith, uh, discerning of spirits by the same spirit, gifts of healings, another working of miracles, another prophecy, another discerning of spirit to another different kinds of tongues, another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. By the will of the spirit, he gives each individual their gifts. Praise the Lord. Unfortunately, when people exhibit their gifts of the spirit, they don't exhibit it for the profit of all. We, we have come to a generation where the, ex, the, the manifestation of the gift is to the profit of the one who is manifesting it. But the, the gift is to profit all of us. And God gives each individually. So you need to pray to God that you will walk in the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit of God. I think one day I should do this teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. You need to, you need to have the ability to... That the Holy Spirit is not just for speaking in tongues. And today we see the power of the Holy Spirit in our screaming and in our shouting. But you see the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit is not is not in the shouting and in the screaming. Do you see shouting and screaming here? No. He talks about word of knowledge. Where you have knowledge of things. You know things. You know spiritual things. He talks about word of wisdom where you are able to apply wisdom to the things that God has has given to you. He talks about the word, uh, the, the gift of faith. There are people who have the gift of faith to believe in things that ordinarily you and I will not be able to believe in. There are people who are given the gift of healings. There are people who are given the gift of healings by the same spirit, the working of miracles. So God works miracles. Hallelujah. The spirit of God works miracles. Hallelujah. The spirit of God heals. Praise the Lord. To another prophecy. To another descending of spirits. Descending of spirit. You can descend spirits. You can know if there are spirits around. You can know if there are evil spirits around. You can know where, when an environment is good for you. Praise the Lord. And you need to have that that ability pray to god and god gives to us as he wills freely you don't, you don't pay for it you know, somebody says i have the gift of healing come come and sow a seed <laughs> and when i pray for you receive it doesn't work he says the spirit gives individually as he wills so we've looked at the wonders of our salvation it was spoken by the lord it was confirmed by those who heard it god bore witness with signs and wonders And it is accompanied by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you are saved, you need to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God gives you. It's not meant for pastors alone. Hallelujah. The next point is the warnings of our salvation. In this verse of scripture, you see that he's giving us a warning about salvation. The first warning is in the verse 2. In the verse 1. It says, therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. So the first warning is a warning of drifting away. He's telling you that you must be careful and take heed to the things you have heard about Christ Jesus. Things you have heard about Jesus Christ, lest you will drift away. He's warning you not to drift away away. To drift away means to drive off course. To move off course. It's like you are you are driving on a highway. Then you move from your lane into another lane and then you go and crash. You move off course. You drift away. It will lead you into a place of distraction. Anytime you are not on course, you are bound for distraction. You are bound for distraction. Sometimes When you are driving at dawn and and the road is clear. Usually when you are driving at dawn, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., the road across nice, no traffic, nothing. But the danger is that there are people driving and sleeping. Sometimes you can be driving and the car ahead of you, you think the car is going straight. Before you realize the car is drifting off, it's drifting off, drifting off, coming to your lane. If you are not quick and smart and you're also driving on a top speed. You just crash into it. So sometimes you always honk. That wakes them up. Praise the Lord. (laughs) When you drift off, you are going to crash. And there are people who drift off our salvation. Why? Because they are not taking heed to what the spirit of the Lord is saying through Christ Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12, it says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The scripture tells us that there are people who would depart from the living God. There are people who depart from the living God and he calls them brethren. He says, beware, it's a warning, brethren. Don't depart. Don't drift away. Don't move. Of course, there will be people among you, but make sure that you are not the one. He says, lest there be any among you in an evil, evil heart of unbelief. The first thing that makes us drift off is when we begin to walk in unbelief, when we doubt. What God says to us through Jesus Christ. Mind you, we are starting from chapter 1. He's telling us that in these last days, God has spoken to us through Jesus Christ. He's telling us that Christ is greater than all. Christ is greater than the angels. And he's saying, therefore, therefore, because Christ is the one you need to focus on, take heed to the things which you have heard, lest you drift away. There are many people today who doubt the things that Christ has done for us through the cross. We have drifted away. And there are a lot of messages we hear today that are not according to what Christ has done for us. We have drifted away. The church today, unfortunately, is drifting away from a lot of things that Christ has established for us through his blood. Amen. Amen. Yesterday, I saw on social media, somebody saying that if you eat pork, you open yourself up, for evil spirits. You have drifted away. Then what, what did Christ come to do? What did Christ come to do? And they paint all, you see, and we like those things. You see, when you say, Charlie, in the night, 12 midnight, that is when the witches gather. Who told you 12 midnight is when witches gather? Somebody's imagination has used it to write a novel, has used it to, to make films, make believe. We have watched it over the years and we have come to believe that it is 12 midnight that, that uh, 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 the witches fly. Who told you? Have you seen a witch before? You sitting here, have you seen a witch before? And the witch has told you that it is 12 midnight. When did you see Jesus wake up at 12 midnight to say that he's going to pray against witches? And They say that is the time that your prayer works then God will never answer any of your prayers when you come to church then stop praying when you come to church stop praying when you are home only pray at 12 midnight you have have drifted away you don't know that God is a spirit your 12 midnight is somebody's 1am of of day so what, what about those people so if the witches in the world gather at 12 midnight, Ghana time, then those <laughs> then what are they doing to those people who are in New Zealand and code? Cool? Do you understand what I'm saying? Nigeria is just one hour ahead of us. So they'll finish Ghana meeting, then they'll go to Nigeria. Then they'll wait two hours. Hey, Omwe Who told you that? You see, we've drifted away, of course. Of course. Why? Because we are walking in unbelief. Unbelief in what Christ has done for us through his death and resurrection. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has not become a reality to us yet. So we may think we are part of the brethren, but we have drifted away from our salvation. We have drifted away from the living God. We have departed from him. He says, exhort one another daily, why it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Another thing that causes us to, to move away is the deceitfulness of sin. When we think that we can live in sin and it is okay with God, it is never okay with God. <laughs> God did not come to save you to keep you in sin, God came to deliver you to keep you in righteousness. Can I hear an amen? So when you continue living in sin, you are departing from the Lord. There's, there are consequences. We'll go into it. Hebrews chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. It says, "Now the just shall live by faith." But if anyone draws back, you see, my soul has no pleasure in him. When you draw back, when you drift off, God's God has no pleasure in you. He says, "But we are not of those who draw back to perdition." but of those who believe to the saving of the soul you must be in those who you must be among those who believe to the saving of the soul where your faith remains in what Christ has done for us on the cross may you not drift away in Jesus name many people drift away in all kinds of things the second warning is that don't neglect <laughs> Don't neglect. In the verse 3, he says, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, there are people who neglect the salvation that they have in Christ Jesus. And he's warning us that we should not neglect it. The word to neglect here means to be careless of you become careless <laughs> you become an anyway anyhow believer and in our world today many people have become anyway anyhow believers we are happy to come to church on sunday sunday after 11 when church closes i am no longer a christian i live my life anyway anyhow you are so careless about your salvation you neglect what Christ has done on the cross for you, when you do that, you are drifting away. And He's warning us against a careless kind of Christian life. Praise the Lord. We are careless about the work of God. We are careless about our faith. We are careless. We don't like, we don't care about anything again. Why? Because we have problems in our lives. Because we have challenges in our lives. Because we have become familiar. You know, you can become so familiar with something that you care less. It's like when you buy your, your new phone, you are careful with it. True or false. When, when it comes from the box, you are careful. The way you hold it is different. The way you put it in your pocket is different. The way you put it on your table is different. After a few days, you get so familiar with it that you don't care how, whether it's in your pocket or not. Some of you, I see you, you see phones at your back pocket and you are sitting on it. And I'm like, ah, phone, no, the screen, how far? They say, oh, Pastor, en-ne-she, en-ne-she. you see? When you sit in your car, you just drop it. Sometimes when you get home, you just throw it on the bed. It's like, You don't care anymore because you have become so familiar with it. And that's how many of us live. We become careless about salvation. Careless. We don't pray. We don't read the word. We don't come for services. We don't evangelize. We don't do anything. All we want is Sunday morning. I'm coming to church. That's not what Christ has called us to do. Christ has called us to hold on to our salvation with so much eagerness. The next warning is that there is no escape. For you. He's warning us that when we neglect and we drift away, there is no longer any escape for us. That's the third warning. He says, For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord? And was confirmed to us by those who heard him. He's telling us that the word spoken by angels. When people transgressed and disobeyed. They received a reward. There was a punishment for people who went against and disobeyed. Against the word of the Lord who came through angels. And he's telling us that. How can you escape if a greater word. A greater salvation has come to you. How else can you escape? Do you understand? If you reject and walk in disobedience against the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, there's no room for escape for you again. In other words, salvation in Christ Jesus is the final point of your life. If you miss it, there's no escape for you again. And that is why we must take heed and hold on to this salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. And that is why we must go out there and preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we miss it, there is no room for escape. There is no escape. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, he says, For the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? <laughs> For now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, will, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Even the righteous, the Lord is saying, that will go through judgment. Yes, we'll be saved, but our works will go through judgment. And if, even if we cannot escape, how about those who are not born again? That is why if you see your friends who are not born again, you see your friends who, who are not serious with the things of God, and you allow them, know that on the judgment day, there is no escape for them again. There is no escape. So how do we keep our salvation? That's the final point. The ways to keep your salvation. The first point is to give heed. Give heed. He says, therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard. We must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard. If you want to keep your salvation, you must keep heed. The word to give heed, sorry, to give heed is to tend to, to attend to, to be attentive or to turn your mind to. In other words, you must be focused. When he says give heed, he says be attentive to what? To the things you have heard. When you come to church, this series we are doing about Christ is superior to all. You need to give attention to it. You need to see it as important. He says we must give heed. Give heed. Praise the Lord. And watch this. At every point in time, even in the old covenant, God will instruct the children of Israel to pay attention to certain things. Else, you will drift off. If you don't pay attention to Christ superior to all, you will drift off. You will lose your faith. You will start trusting in things that you should not trust in. And you will think that you are a Christian, but you are not. There are many people who say today they are Christians, but they are not because who they are believing is not Jesus Christ. Who they are believing is something they are formed for for for, for their own selves. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23, he says... Take heed to yourself, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He says, take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God. Many people have forgotten The salvation that they have in Christ Jesus. Many people have forgotten why they are born again. Many people have forgotten what Christ has done for them on the cross, and they are trusting in man, they are trusting in angels, they are trusting in all kinds of things. They have forgotten the covenant that we have in the Lord Jesus. He says, "If you don't take heed, if you don't pay attention, you will forget." you will forget that you are a child of God and you have a covenant through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, when you forget, you will make for yourself carved images in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. <laughs> Today, we think that idolatry is just taking something and say, I'm bowing to you. Yes, that is that is idolatry. But many of us, money is... Idolatry to us today. Some food is idolatry to them. Some soccer is idolatry to them. Some clothes is idolatry to them. There are people who don't come to church because there is a football match. And he calculates if I come to church and I go, I will miss. It has become idol you are worshipping some it is your work that has become an idol for you you can set everything aside but as for your work no you can put prayer aside you can put the study of the word aside but as for your work you show up it has become an idol you are worshipping there are some people it is money money has become the idol they worship money is what defines everything they do You have carved for yourself an image that you are following after which God is not pleased with. Why? Because you are not taking heed to your salvation. As you are seated here, ask yourself, what has replaced God in your heart? What has replaced the love of God in your heart? It has become a carved image and you have forgotten about Jesus Christ. In Joshua chapter 23, Verse 11, look at what God tells Joshua. He says, therefore, take careful heed to yourself that you love the Lord your God or else if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnants of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and date to you, know for certain that the Lord your God Will no longer drive out these nations before you. But they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your side and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord God has given to you. What a powerful scripture. God is telling Joshua and warning the children of Israel that take heed to yourself. Be careful. Be careful. Don't be careless about your salvation. Don't be careless about my relationship with you lest if you go back and cling to the remnants of this God had asked them not to have anything to do with certain nations. And God is warning him that if you don't know, if you don't pay attention, and you go back to these nations, (laughs) they will become snares and trap to you. They will destroy your life. And there are many people, the very things we have left as we came into Christ Jesus we still go back to them. We are like the pig. Who wants to go back to its vomit? He says, it will become a trap. It will destroy you. It will become scourges on your side. It will become like pain on your side. And it will become like thorns in your eyes. And you will perish from this good land. He says, there's a good land I've given you. But if you refuse to, to take care, if you decide to live a careless life, and go back to the things that I am warning you about. Even though I have brought you to a good land, you will die and you will not enjoy it. And that is why many believers are dying today. Many believers are not living the life that God wants for them because they are not living righteously. We are going back to the very things that God has forbidden from us. May the Lord have mercy on us. He says, God has given you a good land. God has the salvation we have is so great a salvation but if we don't take heed if we don't pay attention to it pay attention to it how many of you pay attention to your salvation how many of you pay attention to your christian life pay attention by your daily prayer pay attention by your daily study of the word pay attention pay attention to your salvation for for once love yourself and pay attention To your salvation. Praise the Lord. Every time somebody has to force you to pray. Every time somebody has to force you to come to church. Every time somebody has to force you to read your Bible. Meanwhile, you are reading all kinds of useless and junk stuff. And they are occupying your brains. Instead of you taking the Bible and reading to discover what Christ has done for you, you will not do it. You don't love yourself. You don't love yourself. Pay attention to your salvation. It's not every time that we have to force you. Force you to pray. Prayer that it will benefit you. Somebody has to force you to pray. Reading of the Bible, that will benefit you. Somebody has to force you. Listening to messages that will inspire you and bring you to the place of maturity and growth. That one too, we have to force you. Pay attention. Else, You will lose your salvation. And the goodness of the Lord that he has given to you, you may not be able to experience. The next point to keep your salvation is that you must be earnest. Say after me, earnest. In the verse 1, it says, therefore, we must give the more earnest. You see, our attention must be in earnest. The word earnest means in abundance. (laughs) he says pay attention in abundance pay attention abundantly exceedingly it is not a one-time thing so you don't say oh pastor has spoken today so today i'm reading No, no 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 it has to be in abundance colossians chapter 3 verse 16 he says let the word of god dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of God dwell in you, what? Richly. The word of God must be in you in abundance. How rich is the word of God in your life? (laughs) How rich is the word of God in your life? How rich is the word of God in your life? And he says that in all wisdom, Teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms and hymns. Who are you teaching today? Is the word of God in abundance in you so much so that you can teach another person? That's the question you should ask yourself. In Psalm 119 verse 11, the psalmist said, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. When the word of God is in your, one of the ways of overcoming the power of sin is allowing the word of God to dwell in your heart. Because when the sin is coming, the word of God will pop up immediately and it will refute the sin. The final point is that we must take heed to the things we have heard. What have we heard? We have heard that Jesus is superior to all. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20, it says, My son Give attention to my words. Look at what he says. Give attention to my words. When you give attention to my words, you incline your ear to my sayings. What does he do to you? He says, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. They are life to you. When you keep the word of God and it dwells in you, when you keep that which you have heard and you allow it to dwell in you richly, it is life and it is health unto you. I pray for you today that you will you will you will allow God's word to dwell in you richly, that you experience the wonders of our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So this morning we've looked at the three elements of the believer's salvation: the wonders of our salvation, the warnings that The writer gives us the ways to keep our salvation. And I pray for you that you keep your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week with Pastor Mauli Chikata. For more information, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244-010863 to get in touch with our ministry.